ェルカムトゥーザ TJ 優勝Oh, that is right. You know when you hear the song Zero Signal by Fear Factory that it's going to be an episode of The Tea Show. Uh, that's right. Coming off the uh, shocking success of the Solo J Show, which uh, got more listens than our previous normal uh, mega show episode. So uh, if this one here, the T-shirt doesn't do nearly as well, then I guess I quit um, because uh, people don't want me around. Uh, so that's fine. But yeah, let's do let's do the T-show. Uh, we jokingly said to each other, hey, why don't we make Fridays the J-show and I can do a T-show on Monday. So here we are basically for this. I'm going to talk about a couple of things. Not a lot. It's not going to be nearly as long as as uh, the J Show was. I'm talking about a couple of things that the buddy definitely does not care about. Uh, uh, so a few items. A few items. First, I need to address the elephant in the room. There was no normal T uh, TGU show uh, last week. Um, I was doing. I'll get into it more on the Wednesday show, the normal mega show, provided we do it. Uh, I'll have more information on exactly what I was doing, but uh, basically, long story short, I was doing a lot of home improvement things uh, done pretty much all last week. Uh, There were some things I removed, some things I added, and some things I changed a bit around around the home. Uh, And again, if you want details on specifically what I did, uh, you will hear all of that on the mega show this coming Wednesday, the 22nd of June. So that's what I was doing. Uh, I actually did have some free time the Tuesday, uh, and so I was available to record a little bit, but at that point, the J show was already recorded, <clears throat> so we uh, we just let it rock. Um there wasn't really a whole lot for us to cover, I think. Uh, actually, no, there was. There was some quite there because I was feeding him information about stuff. So I think when we actually get to the TGU show this week, we'll actually go over some of the stuff that was at the Capcom press conference thing uh, more in depth, I think, because uh, he mentioned it briefly as I was like watching it and texting him. So first off, Something I know the buddy definitely doesn't care about uh, is Dragon Ball and 
about a week ago, a week ago and some change, I think on the 11th, um, the, the new movie Dragon Ball Super Superhero, which I hate the title, but that came out in Japan. For some reason, they, they didn't launch it worldwide at the same time. They didn't have a simultaneous launch. So, spoiler, within minutes of the first showing in Japan ending, there were videos and pictures and <laughs> synopsis all over Twitter and YouTube. It was unavoidable if you're a Dragon Ball fan. Um... Which I, I purposely don't care. I don't, I don't really give a shit about spoilers anymore. I'm kind of beyond caring about spoilers for anything. It would be nice if there was some kind of grace period that people allowed, but it's just it's never going to happen. I mean, official accounts tweet like information about the fucking finales of their shows seconds after they premiere on the East Coast, which, again, if you're like a pleb and you only have the West Coast feed, uh, like the buddy and I, but we're going to see that um, as it is with, with, with uh, every episode of Dynamite or Rampage. Uh, we get that shit three hours ahead, all the information, because of Twitter and shit. So we're never surprised by anything that happens on those shows. But uh, so it, the more shocking thing is that a, a actually decent copy of the movie, the entire movie, um, leaked out. And as it is with... Um, Dragon Ball, and really any kind of anime, um, there's lots of fans who are able to speak Japanese and will subtitle it. So there was some kind of group that went through the whole movie and added English subtitles, and I saw a link on Twitter, so I posted the link to the torrent. Um, and uh, so needless to say, uh, I have seen Dragon Ball Super Superhero in its entirety, so I guess I can give a... A review or rundown. So if you do not, if you happen to be listening and you don't want spoilers for Dragon Ball Super Superhero, and you have some, well, I'm just going to call it Superhero from now on, uh, and you you have any interest in Dragon Ball whatsoever, and you have not been spoiled yet, um, you're probably not going to want to listen to this. Uh, or, you know what, actually, I need the listens to keep me interested in the mega show, so if everybody could listen to this and at least, at least match what the J show got, uh, so I don't quit. That'd be cool, because I do enjoy doing the podcast, and I would like to keep doing it, but uh, uh, I, don't, I don't like not being, not being the favorite, you know? I mean, I always said I wasn't, but now that like, I know I'm not, that kind of hurts. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, so Dragon Ball Super Superhero, um, I, <laughs> I kind of had a weird feeling about this movie, because when they first announced it, they said it was going to be all CG. Um, not like, not exactly like a CG Pixar movie, like people may be thinking when they hear the term CG, but it is still sort of a similar aesthetic to like, uh, you know, how anime looks kind of, but they're using 3D models, um, and 3D like animation, which is a big, big change. Cause in the last, in the last movie, which was, uh, the Broly movie came out in 2018, uh, famously has some of the best animation in any Dragon Ball thing, period. Uh, they they use some 3D animation in that very briefly uh, during, like, the last fight. I think in some of the fight scenes, they had, like, kind of, like, panning camera, view, 360 panning camera view, uh, moves that were 3D animated. But for the most part, it was, like, traditional kind of hand-drawn style, and it looked amazing. Even if you're not a fan of Dragon Ball itself, watching that movie for the animation like aspects of the fights and stuff 
uh, I think is worth it. Even looking up like a clip on YouTube, it's just it's just cool. Watching crazy fights in anime is is where everybody is what everybody's after. So I was hesitant, and I when they first put some of the teasers, I uh, the hesitation kind of grew. Um, but I think overall it looks pretty good. Uh, I hope they don't make that the style going forward. I wouldn't mind if they kind of change styles every movie. I mean, way to keep things kind of interesting. Um, but for this movie, uh, it, it didn't, it didn't take any of the enjoyment away, I think. Uh, also shockingly, when the promotional material for the movie first started happening, they kept mostly just showing Gohan and Piccolo, which was kind of shocking because those guys have been sidelined since the Cell Saga, which, I mean, that was, I mean, that's way back in the, like, the early 90s, probably. I don't think that was, no, I'm pretty sure that was in the 90s in Japan. I don't think that was in the 80s uh, at that point. <clears throat> but they get sidelined. Uh, Gohan sort of had a thing in the Boo Saga, but really, he's, especially after that, he it definitely, in Super, uh, was a joke. But this movie kind of acted as another Gohan redemption story, which is weird because they already did that in Super. They made him, like, kind of redeem himself a little bit. Uh, it's very weird, the continuity, because this is... This movie is, like... Trunks and Goten are older, so clearly it's has been years. About as much time has passed in for this movie as it has since the anime ended about three, four years ago. Uh, so I guess Gohan fell back into his old ways yet again. Uh, which hurts because Gohan was my favorite character when I was when I growing up watching the show. That thing, that fight with Cell, it was hype as shit. One of the hypest fucking moments in the show. And then he just became nothing. He became a nerd, a fucking nerd who needs glasses for some reason. Always drives me nuts when someone crazy needs glasses like that. But this movie is again Gohan's redemption story, and it definitely is. Now, the question is, because this is a movie, is, th- is that going to actually happen in when the anime comes back? I assume no, because the manga is currently still going, and I'm pretty sure in the manga, it's, takes pl- the manga takes place before this movie does? I don't know. I'm very confused. I'm pretty sure this movie is just going to be what most of the Dragon Ball movies were back in the day and not count. They're not going to be canon. So, I mean, that sucks. So get ready for another Gohan Redemption arc in the anime probably at some point. But all right, so this, so the plot of this movie is uh, the Red Ribbon Army is back to their old tricks. The Red Ribbon Army, for those who don't know, they're the ones who like make like all the android characters, like the 17 and 18 and Cell, they made all them. Um, what's this character's name? Magenta is like the, he's like the, the son of the old Red Ribbon Army leader, I think, and now he's in control. <clears throat> to the public, they're like a pharmaceutical company, but he secretly wants to create the army and take over the world like they always wanted to in the original Dragon Ball. Like, way back. That was definitely in the 80s. Way back in the day. Uh, so he recruits the grandson of Dr. Giro, who, again, if you don't know, was like the main scientist from the Red Ribbon Army. He was android. He turned himself into an android, and he was tw- he was number twenty. He was the one who showed up with the fat, weird mime looking one. Uh, they also made Android Twenty One canon into the movie, 
which again, if you don't know Android 21, she was from Dragon Ball Fighters. She's an original character from that, from the fighting game. Uh, but because uh, everybody got, I guess, a crush on Android 21, uh, they made her into the, they brought her into the mix. There was some talk that people thought she was going to be like the main bad guy at the end, uh, which did not turn out to be the case. She wasn't even in the movie, technically. She was just like a picture on the screen. So they bring in the grandson of Dr. Giro, who I think is I think his name is Dr. Hedo, H-E-D-O. So Dr. Hedo. Uh, and wouldn't you know it, just as smart as Dr. Giro and just the same affinity for androids. However, he also loves superheroes. So he he wants to like I think Dr. Hedo, he like wants to save people and stuff, but because in the beginning they get him out of when he's released from prison i guess he was put in prison for something i can't remember what it was but he leaves the prison and then throws something in as he's leaving and it fucking blows up the front of it so he doesn't uh, super care i guess because it's a prison he just thinks that there's no one good in there which that makes sense uh but magenta brings him into his car he picks him up outside the prison he's like hey you know you're super smart i'll tell you what I'll give you all the funding you want if you make me super powerful androids. Um, Dr. Hiddo is kind of reluctant at first, but then Magenta's really late and I'm like, no, you could be, they could be superheroes. You know, we could, we could, we have to save the world from the Capsule Corp evil empire. Because uh, he told him a story that the Capsule Corporation, which is of course uh, headed by Bulma and all of, you know, Vegeta and the, the whole crew, the whole main crew that everybody knows, they're part of Capsule Corp. So he tricks Dr. Hedo into thinking they're evil, this evil organization, which is not the case. Uh, and so Dr. Hedo creates two androids called Gamma 1 and 2. They're the ones who have been in all the promotional material. They go around calling themselves superheroes. Uh, and uh, Gamma 2 shows up to fight Piccolo, who when he shows up, he calls him Demon King Piccolo. I feel like I'm getting too far into the lore. <laughs> I feel like you nobody know, cares about that much. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'm just going to skip to the end. So Gamma 1 and 2 started off as the, uh, you know, quote-unquote antagonists, quote-unquote evil androids, but they're thinking they're being superheroes. They're just listening to others following orders. So they fight Piccolo, whatever. Uh, I, guess the full, I guess the real main character of the movie is Piccolo. Uh, Piccolo really is trying to get Gohan to do, to just stop working his little, little research project and start training again because bad shit can happen at any moment. Uh, and Gohan, if you don't know, has a daughter named Pan. She's older at this point. She's like, I think she's three in this movie. Three or four, something like that. Uh, and she's training with Piccolo. She can't fly yet, which is, again, contradictory. Because in the anime, Dragon Ball Super, when she was younger, she was already flying around. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> for, for, uh, she forgot, I guess. I, I have no fucking clue. Uh, but it comes back around at the end. Um... So Gamma 1 and 2 start off as bad. Uh, Magenta starts talking to Dr. Hedo about something called Cell Max. And this is something a lot of people were anticipating, maybe, that they would bring Cell back somehow. Uh, which is not as easy to do as Frieza, because Frieza is, you know, a living thing. And Cell was a, an android. Granted, he was a, he was a bio-android. But he's dead. He was completely evaporated. Uh, so if you ever brought him back, he wouldn't be the same, it wouldn't be the same, uh, 
But in this, uh, I don't know how I feel about Cell Max, to be honest. He, he's, he's like a weird combination of all three forms of Cell. Like, was it imperfect, semi-perfect, and perfect? Like, a mix of all of them, but he's red instead of green. And they make him like a big kaiju. He's not like overwhelmingly big like a Godzilla, but he's big. He's definitely like, you know, as tall as like a smaller building, not a huge building. And he's got like a weird like mace on his tail at the end of his tail. Very strange. But uh, Magenta keeps wanting to activate him. But Dr. Hedo says like, no, there's no way you can't activate him yet because the the mind control program still is working. He's too big to control. If you let him out now, he would just go crazy and fucking destroy everything. Uh, of course, until the end of the film, when uh, Gohan and everybody's kicking their ass and they go have to activate him. But so they want to get Gohan, the Red Ribbon Army wants to get Gohan at the facility to fight Gamma 1 and 2. Because they know Gohan is the one who killed Cell originally. And they know he's their biggest obstacle. So they come up with this idea to, st- to kidnap his daughter, Pan. Uh, now at this point, Piccolo has gone undercover uh, disguising himself as a Red Ribbon Army soldier. So he gets in there, he f- finds Pan, and he says, hey, just come with us, play along, pretend like you're in pain and whatever. We're going to get your dad fighting again. So Pan's, like, in change. She, they, they record a video of her where she's playing it up, like, oh, help, Dad, please, it hurts. Uh, going to get super pissed. Uh, he goes there, he starts fighting Gamma 1 and 2. He is having trouble... Uh, and then Piccolo says, hey, Pan, quick, scream in pain. So Pan does, and it pisses off Gohan, which awakens his ultimate form, which is the one he got in the Boo Saga from the uh, training with the Elder Kai. So he got back there yet again. Uh, And prior in the film, Piccolo was trying to find a new power. Uh, So he summoned the Dragon Balls and wished to have his power awakened like Gohan did back in the... Namek Saga from the, from, uh, what's it, Guru is his name? I'm getting, again, way deeper than I I know people care, uh, but I have to set this stuff up. So the dragon, he wishes for the, for his power to be unlocked. The dragon says, yeah, I did it. I also gave some a little bit extra. So it's like, what's that mean? Uh, well, that's something extra was an entirely new form for Piccolo. So Piccolo kind of got two new forms. He got the power awakened. And then he got this, like, weird, they just, they just call it Orange Piccolo, which, again, not the, not the most creative name, but basically what happens is he turns, like, a, a shade of orange, as, as you would figure, um, he gets a slightly bigger, he probably grows, like, a foot or so, uh, and more buff, and he looks, the best way to describe it is he looks mean, um, Initially, hearing the name Orange Piccolo, it didn't sound like it would be kind of cool, but it actually looks... I actually kind of like how it looks uh, in the movie. I think it looks all right. The orange isn't, like, uh, super, super bright. It's more of a faded, so it kind of blends in more. Um, And then the mean look on his face that it gives him, it does something with these eyebrow ridges, I think. It makes it look kind of cool. It works for me. So he gets that form. Um, long story short, the, the Gammas realize that Red Ribbon Army is evil because again, they have the personality of the suit of, of a superhero because Dr. Hedo is super into superheroes. 
uh, when they convince them, Magenta realizes, all right, I have no more options. I have to go activate Cell Max. So he goes in, activates him. Uh, he gets killed by Dr. I think Dr. Hedo does kill him. Yeah, he makes him, he gets, he gets like a robot beep sting him that with like a poison. But as he's dying, he activates Cell Max and the pod that he's in opens up and he's fucking huge. He flies out. Everyone's like, what the fuck is that? Is that Cell? That's not good. Um, so they start fighting as it is. Uh, animation here looks pretty good. Uh, Gohan's going in in his, in his ultimate form. But uh, Orange Piccolo starts fighting Cell Max and he gets fucked up um, to the point where it looks like he's dead. Gohan sees, like, because Cell Max is, like, holding Piccolo, like, over his head. And Piccolo's, like, pupils are gone. Like, his eyes are just pure white. So Gohan sees him, and he just thinks he's fucking dead. So, and in a very reminiscent scene from back when the first time Gohan fought Cell, you have kind of, just have, you show, you see Gohan standing in front of, like, a plain black screen. And behind him, like, a red line shoots in and then eventually expands so the entire background is red. Same thing that happened back in the day. We get a shot of Cell reacting, and then we see Gohan losing his shit. He freaks out, again, just like he did uh, as a kid against their normal Cell. And Gohan gets a new form, which they I don't think they call it anything, but for some reason everyone's calling it Final Gohan. Now, the thing that's surprising about this is years ago, there was like a meme that started, I think, somewhere in South America. I think somewhere like somewhere around there, which where there has a big Dragon Ball community. They started a thing called Gohan Blanco, which was basically just like a white-haired Gohan. Uh, well, that's now real. They made the meme real because Gohan has like – it's like white, silvery hair. Uh, the hair is super long now. He has like a big-ass fucking bang. It's kind, of, it's kind of ridiculous. And his eyes are red and he has like a crazy like purple aura. But basically it looks like – Depending on the angle, it looks pretty much how Super Saiyan 2 did for him back in the day, where his hair was, like, super high up. Um, so they kind of went with for that. They, again, this is just... They kind of went out of their way to make it ex- as much like the Cell Saga as they could, for the most part. It's certainly that aspect. But um, Cell Max charges in and punches him with all he can, but of course, Gohan has a new form. He's like, is that all you have? And he fucks him up. Piccolo holds him, holds Cell Max still. Gohan uses a special beam cannon for the first time I think he's ever done, which is Piccolo's move. Piccolo is being his real dad. Uh, shoots it right through fucking Cell Max's forehead and saves the day. And boom, that's the movie. Uh, I don't think it's, it's definitely not better than Broly, the movie. But I, I if you go in just expecting like a nice kind of like, hour and a half it's there's actually a lot of comedy in the movie that works uh i think it's this is a, this is a real lighthearted kind of movie sort of uh, i don't think this is gonna have any like lasting impact on the dragon ball canon at large the only time you see goku or vegeta in this film is like right in the middle you see them training on beerus's planet with broly and then you see them again at the very end like an, an end credit scene where vegeta finally beats goku in a fight uh where they couldn't use any key attacks or transformations or anything. So they're just, they're just beating the fuck out of each other and Goku, or Vegeta, Vegeta finally beats him. And that's all you see of him in the movie, which is uh, nice for a change. But yeah, uh, I've, 
I think it's pretty good. When it comes out uh, in English in August, I'll go see it in the, in the big screen and definitely get a bigger uh, impression on how the animation looks. But for the for the one that I saw, it looked, it looked pretty good. Yeah, and and shout out to all the people who do the subtitles. I don't know who do, I think it's called the Potato Potato Head or Potato Group. I don't know something like that. L- look up either of those, and maybe you'll find it. Um, but shout out to them for being the first ones to subtitle the movie. All right, where are we at now? What's the timestamp? Okay, yeah, this is about as long as I was kind of wanting to go. Uh, one other thing of note is that I finally went through and I beat Dove May Cry Five using the normal cast. So uh, the uh, Dante and Nero. So I beat the game with them. So now I'm going through as Virgil in the legendary dark Knight mode, which if you don't know what that is, basically all the enemies are, I think the same strength that they would be like on normal mode. Uh, however, there is a shit fuck ton more of them. I sent the buddy a clip of, I was, I walked into a small room, a very small room um, and, uh, you get locked in there as you, if you play Devil May Cry, you know how it works. You get locked in a room and you have to kill the enemies. Normally there's like maybe six enemies in there. Maybe. Um, I pretty sure like 30 spawned in that small room. Uh, and it fucking mega popped me. But yeah, so you get, so all the difficulty is kind of the same, except you get a shit ton more enemies and you'll get later enemies earlier on. So the difficulty kind of comes in there. I am definitely taking more damage than I would in a normal playthrough. So it uh, needs some adapting to. However, I'm I'm about like eight missions in now as Virgil. And holy shit, it, every, every Devil May Cry game that comes out now has to have this mode. Because it just makes, it makes using all the fucking crazy combos that you learn so much more satisfying when you fucking throw... 10 or 15 enemies into the air at once and then chase them up in the air with air combos and back down to the ground and transitioning into different combos and different weapons and shit. It's, this is what this fucking game needs to always be. Uh, I could never play it before because I didn't have a Series X, but now that I do, I have the processing power to actually play that version. And I am th- thoroughly fucking enjoying it. Uh, so I'm going to go through and I'm going to be Virgil's and then I'll go back in and do the normal campaign, even though I don't really like playing as V at all. Uh, I kind of hate it, to be perfectly honest. There is no character that feels like I'm just mashing buttons more than V because he's so because he's not fighting his uh, shadow creatures are. And I I get so fucking lost because you have to stay away as V and the camera is on V. So I can never tell what fucking moves i'm doing with the shadow creatures so i'm just literally mashing buttons hoping to end the level as fast as i can to get back to dante or nero who i know exactly what's happening at any given moment and i actually feel like i'm doing something uh so that's the only bad thing i wish you could pick just do the entire thing with dante or nero that'd be kind of nice uh nero i like a lot because he has the he has the the uh the buster arm thing I can't remember the actual name of it, where you can grab onto enemies, either breathe them to you or bring you to them. So you just keep the combos going. Uh, and that's why Virgil's fun too, because he has the summon sword, where it's, if you shoot an enemy with a summon sword, it, the sword stays in them, and then you can teleport right to them by pressing B. Dante, it takes more effort. If you're not using trickster style, then you 
you can't really get in as fast. So, and a lot of his moves kind of throw them away from you. So half of the time with Dante, I feel like I'm just kind of chasing enemies down, which is not nearly as fun. Uh, Dante's got some crazy shit. And so when you're in an enclosed area with enemies and they can't really get away from you, he's like the most fun. But in a, in a bigger arena where you're chasing them down, he's not nearly as fun as, as Virgil or Nero are, I think. Nero doesn't have as many tools, so he can get kind of boring in that sense. But as far as um, you know, speed and maneuverability, getting around, getting to enemies, actually engaging, he's depending again, depending on the arena, Nero and Virgil are the way to go. Virgil, by by and large, the most fun character in the game. Because he has he he doesn't have as many tools as Dante, but he has a decent number. He's got the Yamato, the Mirage Blade, and the the uh, the Cerberus arms and the gauntlets. Uh, I wouldn't mind if he had one more kind of weapon in there to mix it up more. Uh, only one, like, weapon uh, as far as guns, because he doesn't use guns. He just has the summon swords. <clears throat> so he's limited sort of in that aspect, but all of his shit is so flashy. And again, you can teleport right to an enemy, so... Shit never slows down. You can just keep attacking. It makes them the most fun for me. Uh, so that's what's going on with there. Um, that's pretty much all I want to go over uh, with just me. Um, and I guess I could talk about Dokkan Battle. I think a new LR just came out, which I am not summoning on. I have not spent a single stone, and I'm not going to because the anniversary starts on like the the end of june so we are just a few weeks away from the uh seventh anniversary in dokkan battle and i have i have a thousand and thirty something stones right now um i i always i always intend to save more than that but i fucking get that itch because that's the kind of game it is i want the flashy new character i don't care what it is for the most part so i throw a little bit at it um, I had more stones saved up earlier in the year. I had almost 2,000 at one point, uh, and now I'm down to 1,000. Usually 1,000 is kind of the sweet spot. That's where like I feel like I have a decent chance of getting both of the new characters that come around in the anniversary. Uh, but I have been absolutely butt-fucked in the past where I've gotten – like last year, I had 1,200 or so I think at the beginning. I got the new UI Goku – like pretty early, and then I didn't get the Vegeta at all. I spent everything else I had, didn't get him. So every time I got 50 stones, I just I threw one trying to get the Vegeta. Eventually, I did get him. Uh, and then the problem is with playing the global version, you have the anniversary in July, and then in August, we have the worldwide download celebration. Now, the hard thing with that is that comes out on both versions at the same time, the global and the Japanese one, because normally we're six months behind Japan. But that's a joint celebration, and they're always, like, better sometimes than the anniversary ones. Because, it, again, and for Japan, it's been six months since they got the anniversary ones. But for us, it's been a couple weeks. And I think – I'm pretty sure for worldwide this year, it's going to be the movie stuff. So it's going to be that new Piccolo and the new Gohan or maybe Cell Max or however they want to do it. Maybe the Gammas. I don't know. So – and I always get – fucked on that because i only got the new frieza last year i did not get the goku and the problem with worldwide is that normally when you summon you get something called coins and you can use those coins to buy the characters when they come back usually typically characters come back after like three four months maybe well the fucking problem with the worldwide celebration is for global they don't come back 
until the anniversary. So if you don't get them in August when they come out on global, you're not going to get a chance to buy them with coins until July of the next fucking year. So I still don't have that other Goku that came out from Worldwide last year. Uh, I'm finally going to fucking buy my copy next month unless I just get them from summoning. Uh, so we'll see. Um, this has been the weekly Dokkan Battle segment, which I'm, I'm going to reserve for just the T-Show because the buddy doesn't play it anymore. He was, he was getting into it for a hot minute. There was a couple – there was like a week there where I was talking to him about Dokkan Battle strategies and I, it, was, it was awesome because he was starting to get into it. Uh, but that, that ship has sailed. He's back to fucking Assassin's Creed or whatever. All right. Well, this has already gone long, uh, as about as I would like it to be. So hope you enjoyed the, the first ever tea show and um, give it a few days and we'll see how this episode does. Uh, it will determine my fate. Um, if, I, if I don't hit the, about the same as, uh, numbers as the J show did, then I, it, has been, it has been real. Uh, I love you all, and you'll never hear from me again. So maybe we'll see you next time. Wow, that sure was a great episode, huh, gang? If you liked what you heard, and why wouldn't you, interact with us on social media. Follow us at TNJUniverse on Instagram. That's TNJUniverse. Or find us individually at Sandman Rios on Instagram and ZeroSignal316 on Instagram and Twitter. And we'll see you next time. Fuck yeah! <laughs>